This episode of the Mountain Mysteries is brought to you by Little Diva's Balloon Decorating. Make your next event a memory. Call Little Divas now at 606-791-5616. For over 11 years, Little Diva Balloon Decorating has turned events into experiences and celebrations into parties. Let Little Divas worry about making your event the best it can be while you relax and enjoy it. Any event you can imagine, Little Divas can bring it to life. Specializing in balloon sculptures, cake table and doorway arches and more. Get a hold of Little Divas now and make your celebration, reunion or business function one they'll remember. Call 606-791-5616 or visit them on Facebook.com forward slash Little Diva Party Decorations and see it for yourself. Little Divas, it's where the memories begin. I'm Bobby Music and I'm listening to Mountain Mysteries Podcast. A production of Sloan Studios. The following may contain strong language and adult situations with depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. There's nothing wrong with it. Until there is. And this was very wrong from the very beginning. In the United States, the age of consent in most places is 18. But in England, specifically Britain, the age of consent is 16. Well, for most people, when you're 16, your thoughts are on getting your driver's license, getting out of high school and starting a collegiate career so that you can get on with the business of making and living a life. But for Kelly Ann Bates, who is described as a young 14-year-old bubbly girl with an old soul, who always hung around an older crowd, her ideas of living would take her into the unforgiving jaws of death at the hands of a man who could only be called an opportunistic pedophile and a predator. He was reported to be, at first, twice her age. 32, he said. Oh, it turns out that that wasn't true at all. Oh, no. He was 47. Nearly three times her age, and that's not all. James Patterson Smith also reportedly had a thing for younger girls and had a violent streak that would make a freight train want to take a dirt road. Those violent tendencies would prove to finally be too much and would cost a beautiful adolescent girl her life and what many people consider to be Britain's most gruesome murder to ever have been committed on their shores. These are the Mountain Mysteries, and this is episode number 57, Sacred Flames, the Mountain Mystery Story of Kelly Ann Bates. I will be the last to fall I won't shed a tear for them Over 24% of the 1.9 billion square acres in America alone, the mountains that so many people call home, also play host to some of the most staggering mysteries in the world. The missing. And she said, I knew I wasn't there anymore. The murdered. All my emotions just went blank, just like, just blank. 
and I still live that today. I think about that so much today as he was in that water. Strange creatures. Whatever it was that was standing up. I'm out here looking through the window now and I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. I mean, it was a, nope, we need to get out of town. Unexplained lights and sightings. It does not look like an airplane. They come together and then they separate and they just keep doing this all the time. These stories may be strange. They may be sad. They may be odd. But they are mysterious. These are the Mountain Mysteries. And now your host, Chris Sloan. And thus... Clothe my naked villainy. With odd old ends stroll out of holy writ and seem a saint when most I play the devil. William Shakespeare, King Richard III. Seems an appropriate way to begin an episode like this one. A chapter in which we will talk about a predator named James Patterson Smith and focus on his prey. Well, that word prey, it seems too cold. Because she had a name. She was a human being. She was a daughter. A friend. A girl with the hopes of one day becoming a teacher. A girl who loved playing sports. And she worked for a graphics firm part-time. She had dreams and hopes. But all of that changed when she would catch the eye of a thing. A thing that was a predator with extremely violent inclinations. After meeting him, when she was only 14, Kelly had no further interest in sports, advancing her education, achieving her goals to become a teacher. Hell, she even lost interest in taking showers. She'd come home and would curl up on the sofa in silence. Now, of course, it didn't begin like that. No. It started with him being the perfect gentleman. He started his grooming process almost immediately after meeting her. Smith had first met her as she was babysitting for one of his friends. He walked Kelly Ann Bates home under the pretense of keeping her safe. Well, that was a lie, too. Soon he began to groom her. And it was so secretive that Kellyanne's parents didn't even meet him until about two years later. Oh, sure. Well, they spoke with him on the phone. But when they did finally get the introduction, boy, were they shocked and livid. To the point that Margaret, Kelly's mother, wanted to kill him. She came home and one side of her face was black. She said some girls had attacked her. I couldn't bear the worry, but I knew if I dragged her away from him, I could lose her. Margaret said that when she met Smith, it was in her kitchen, and uh, she looked over and vividly recalls wanting to take a bread knife and stab him in the back. That the hairs on the back of her neck stood up the instant she laid eyes on him. With hindsight being 2020, after her daughter was murdered by him, she said that she wished that she had followed through with that thought.
When the time finally came for introductions, two years had already gone by without a face-to-face between Smith and Kelly's parents. But like we said, when it happened, oh... Kelly told her family that she and her boyfriend had been together for two years. The couple met in 1993 when Kelly was just 14 years old. They were able to keep this relationship a secret from their families until she eventually summoned the courage to tell them about it. Margaret searched around for more details about her daughter's boyfriend, but she came up empty-handed because she had asked if anyone knew 32-year-old James Patterson Smith, who, in reality was 49 years old by this time, 33 years older than Kelly. Kelly Ann Bates never dreamed that the guy that she hoped would be the perfect boyfriend would take her life only a few months later as she stood in the kitchen telling her family about her so-called 32-year-old boyfriend. Turns out that was a lie also. Well, it turns out that there would be so many lies in this relationship that it was practically impossible to keep up with them all. But remember, she was now 16. She was legally able to consent in Britain at the time that this was going on. It wasn't much her parents or police could do to shoot this dangerous romance down. Although Kelly clearly didn't know what was best for her, she continued to see Smith. Soon after the meeting in the kitchen, on November 30th, 1995, Kelly left her family home and moved south to live with her jobless boyfriend. She did not visit her family and only spoke to them on the phone most of the time, when she even talked to them at all. Margaret had been growing more and more concerned about this guy and the alleged so-called relationship that he was in with her daughter. You can call it mother's intuition, instincts, whatever you'd like. But she knew this was going to end badly. And all too soon her fears would come to pass. Margaret said that she didn't know what to do. Can you imagine what she was feeling? What type of frustration that she had to have been enduring? Well, as you can imagine, of course, Smith would cut Kelly off from her family ties and friends, which is typical narcissistic predatorial behavior. He completely removed her from any external means of support. During their relationship, Kelly and Smith did split up for a while, but then Smith stalked her until they were back together. Even though trips to Smith's house were ordinary for Kelly, her parents began to follow her there. On one occasion, while they were there, Smith invited them in and showed them a hole in the floorboards that he said had been made by engineers repairing a gas leak. But Kelly's parents believed that this was the place where he held Kelly Ann Bates captive. Her parents had no choice but to reluctantly agree to this relationship, but they asked only one condition, that she would keep in regular contact with them and that she would keep coming to their home for visits as well. Well, that was short-lived. It wasn't long after she moved out and quit visiting her family altogether. And when she did stop by for the rare visit or occasion, her parents would notice bruises on her arms. Turns out that this would be the beginning of the end. Soon, Margaret and Tommy Bates had enough of Kelly not visiting her home for several days, and they wanted to meet with her, see how she was doing and how things were going. 
As they were about to leave, however, their oldest son returned home and told her that one of his friends had seen Kelly and that she was fine. But the reason why Kelly stopped visiting her family in the first place would become painfully clear. She was afraid. Afraid that they would see the bruises and scratches and who knew what else was going on, anything that would give away the kind of life she was enduring. What was actually happening to Kellyanne? Well, she was slowly and methodically being killed by someone who claimed to love her. Someone who apparently took joy in hurting the people that he claimed to love. On Sunday, March 10th, 1996, Drizzle and fog consumed most of the air around London's Heathrow Airport in the United Kingdom. Well, this would be a day that fit the mood of Tommy and Margaret Bates perfectly. Dreary and damp. Margaret called Kelly to tell her that she had missed a dentist appointment earlier in the week, and that was the last time she ever spoke to her daughter alive. Kelly assured that she would come home and visit the family on Mother's Day, which was the following Sunday, but she never came. Margaret instead received a card from Kelly, but it was not written in her daughter's handwriting. Then, at Kelly's father's birthday and again on her parents' wedding anniversary, they witnessed the same parallels. They knew something was wrong at this point and wanted to act on their suspicions, but Kelly Ann Bates would be killed before they could intervene. In a moment, it was called the most gruesome crime to have been committed in Britain. Well, this won't be for the faint of heart. Just a warning for when the Mountain Mysteries returns. You know, for over 11 years, Little Diva's balloon decorating has turned events into experiences and celebrations have been turned into parties. Let Little Divas worry about making your event the best that it can be while you relax and enjoy it. Any event you can imagine, birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, family reunions, graduations, celebrations of life, any event that you can possibly imagine, Little Divas can bring it to life. They specialize in balloon sculptures, cake table archways, and doorway arches. Get a hold of Little Divas right now and make your celebration, reunion, or business function one that people will never forget. Call 606-791-5616. That's 606-791-5616. Or visit them on facebook.com forward slash Little Diva Party Decorations and see for yourself. Of course, delivery is always available for a slight additional charge. Little Divas, it's where memories begin. Support the Mountain Mysteries on Patreon and get early access to all episodes. With three tiers, it's easy to choose what you want. Five and ten dollar tiers get you early access, plus free gear, behind the scenes bonus content, and more. Plus access to interviews that would have wound up on the cutting room floor. Find out links on www.themountainmysteriespodcast.com and on facebook.com forward slash the Mountain Mysteries. Support the Mountain Mysteries and stay mysterious. We now return to the Mountain Mysteries with your host, Chris Sloan. It was something so severe, so perverse, and brutal, and so incapable of comprehension 
that police and the media alike called it one of, if not the worst, murders they had ever seen. Kellyanne Bates was dating a man three times her own age, literally. She met James Patterson Smith when she was only 14 and he was around 46. Yeah, that right there alone? Smith had started grooming her almost immediately and before long, and without much effort, he had cut her off from her friends and family and anyone that she could get help from or anyone to support her. He made her think that he was her only way of survival, or at least he made her think that. Smith had a history of escalating violence towards women. He had once nearly killed a girl who was only 15 by trying to drown her in a kitchen sink, and things would only get worse. The 15-year-old managed to get away from this ass clown, Kellyanne, though, she wasn't so lucky. And then there was the case of his wife. Yes, his wife. You see, he was married for almost 10 years when the matrimony ended because of violence, then towards his wife. Then, in 1980, he started up an affair with a 20-year-old girl identified as Tina Watson and used her as a punching bag, even though she was carrying his child. Oh, but it gets worse. In 1982, he started that statutory rape relationship with a 15-year-old girl that we just told you about. Her name was Wendy Mottershead. He nearly killed Wendy when he tried to drown her under the faucet of a kitchen sink. Then he met Kelly in 1993 and sunk his claws in as quickly as he could. Warning signs arose as Kelly's relationship with Smith progressed. Her parents noticed how the 16-year-old repeatedly came home with bruises and bite marks, and she dismissed them. Now, reportedly, Bates once claimed a gang of girls attacked her after school to explain a black eye. Then, she maintained her bite marks happened on accident. Bates never revealed any of the abuse to her mother or father. Kelly's mom, Margaret Bates, contacted the local police before her daughter's death and described her concerns to them. It was not uncommon for Bates to come home with bruises and occasional bite marks. The domestic violence department encouraged her to give her daughter information and leaflets about how to identify abuse and leave the situation. But Margaret never got the chance to drop them off. Police were unable to pursue Smith at that time because he had no prior criminal record, and no one had previously reported him for any kind of domestic abuse. Even after the fact that the 15-year-old girl, Wendy, was nearly killed, apparently she never reported it. A month before Bates' death, Smith subjected her to horrible torture over a period of weeks. Apparently, Smith used knives, pruning shears, forks, and several other objects to systematically harm Kelly. He also burned Kelly all over her body using hot irons and scalding water. Well, the coroner reported Bates had a broken arm and shattered kneecaps, making it impossible for her to walk. According to her autopsy results, Smith gouged out her eyes three weeks before she died, and Bates sustained approximately 150 injuries in total. When authorities found Kelly's body, it showed them over 150 different injuries, enough to cause anguish and torment to the point of a mental breakdown and collapse, according to the prosecution. 
Dr. William Lawler, the pathologist who conducted the autopsy, stated that Kelly had suffered the worst injuries he had ever seen on a murder victim. And keep in mind that Lawler is an expert in his field who had previously conducted over 600 autopsies. This guy's seen about everything that there is to see, or so he thought. Lawler says the extent of Kelly's injuries, as well as the age of some of them, left him astonished. Lawler explained her body and said, In my career, I've examined um, almost 600 victims of homicide, but I have never come across injuries so extensive. Scalding to her buttocks and left leg. Burns on her thigh caused by the application of a hot iron. A fractured arm. Multiple stab wounds caused by knives, forks and scissors. Stab wounds inside of Kelly's mouth. Crush injuries to both hands. Mutilation of her ears, nose, eyebrows, mouth, lips and genitalia. Wounds caused by a spade and pruning shears. Both eyes had been gouged out and then later stab wounds to the empty eye sockets as if not satisfied. Smith then partially scalped the child. The word horrific does not seem to do this justice. The pathologist determined that her eyes had been removed not less than five days and not more than three weeks before her death. She had been starved, having lost about 44 pounds and had not received any water for at least several days before her death. Peter Openshaw was the prosecutor in Smith's trial and he said that, quote, it was as if he deliberately disfigured her, causing her the utmost pain, distress and degradation. The injuries were not the result of one sudden eruption of violence. They must have been caused over a long period of time and were so extensive and so terrible that the defendant must have deliberately and systematically tortured the girl. Kelly's cause of death on the autopsy was listed as drowning. But immediately prior to that, she had been beaten about the head with a shower head. On April 16, 1996, Smith went to the local police and told them his girlfriend had accidentally drowned in the bathtub after knocking Bates unconscious with a shower nozzle. Smith reportedly then forced Kelly's head under the water. He claimed he thought she was playing dead as she had done in the past. But when authorities arrived, they found Bates' blood smeared on the floor, walls, and every room in the house. Despite the overwhelming evidence of torture, Smith maintained her death happened on accident and that her injuries were self-inflicted. Smith rebuffed the murder charge and claimed Bates would put him through hell winding him up. He also claimed that Bates had taunted him about his dead mother and had a bad habit of hurting herself to make it look worse on him. When asked to explain why he had blinded, stabbed, and battered Bates, he said that she had dared him to do it, challenging him to do her harm. 
Gillian Mezzi, a consultant psychiatrist, told the court that Smith had a severe paranoid disorder with morbid jealousy and lived in a distorted reality. That was a nice way of putting it. The jury at Manchester Crown Court took one hour to find 49-year-old Smith guilty of Bates' murder, sentencing him to life imprisonment. The judge, Mr. Justice Sachs, recommended that Smith serve a minimum of 20 years. His statement was as follows. This has been a terrible case, a catalogue of depravity by one human being upon another. You are a highly dangerous person. You are an abuser of women, and I intend, so far as it is in my power, that you will abuse no more. The jury were provided with professional counseling to help them deal with the distress of viewing the pictures of Kelly's injuries and the sickening violence of the case. Patterson had a history of mistreating the people with whom he shared a home. His first marriage ended in divorce after he continued to hit his pregnant wife and other women who dated James Patterson Smith, came forward sharing similar accounts. He was no different to Kellyanne Bates, but instead escalated the abuse to a frightening new level. All of that was revealed April 16, 1996, when Smith went to the Gordon Police Station and said he had inadvertently killed Kellyanne Bates while she was lying in a bathtub by drowning her. When authorities discovered Kellyanne Bates in the home, however, the truth was revealed. They saw a very different story. Kelly was held prisoner for four weeks by this intolerable piece of garbage. It wasn't long ago that tributes were paid to Margaret Bates from Matram in Tameside, who died in the hospital just a few days before Christmas. It was on December 17, 2020. She was 65. Margaret, Kelly's mother, was a popular figure at Tesco and Hattersley and used to look out on the site of her family's bulldozered home from her checkout. Before her death, she said, It is a real comfort to be surrounded by my memories and the familiarity of the past. I feel near to Kellyanne on my checkout. It's my safe place. I know her spirit is there. I feel like she is home again. Margaret had battled cancer, and they left her with very little, if any, immune system. You know, she had told her husband, Kelly's dad, that she wanted to be with a girl. And so into that quiet night she went. Truly, once again they are together. Next week on The Mountain Mysteries, we bring you 14 unsolved murders, cold cases, and haunting detail. Maybe you have an answer someone is looking for. The Forgotten 14, next week on The Mountain Mysteries. I'm Chris Sloan. Stay mysterious. Follow The Mountain Mysteries on Facebook.com forward slash The Mountain Mysteries on Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash The Mountain Mysteries and support us on Patreon. Links are on the homepage www.TheMountainMysteriesPodcast.com If you enjoy The Mountain Mysteries, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. That helps us so much. You can also help support The Mountain Mysteries by visiting our sponsors, whose links are below, or by donating at Patreon or the PayPal link shown in the notes. 
Patreon subscribers will receive early commercial-free episodes and more. Production of Sloan Studios. Stay mysterious.